This is Channel 253. In this episode of What Say You? It is not the job of people of color to train white people Mm. to deal with our feelings. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. What say you? Down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What What say say you? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. We are coming in laughing just like that. Uh, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, good that you are, have joined us today. So happy that you are here. Audrey Louise Cunningham, how yes. are you today? Melanie Denise, I am, <laughs> I, I, my joy couldn't be more. I am laughing because I'm here with my sister. Yes. Thank you very much. Amen. And all of her wonder and glory. I'm talking to the listeners right now. And all of your wonder and glory. I am so grateful to have you as my sister. Mm. Who is, listeners, can I just tell you, homegirl is always tardy for the party. (laughs) Can I just get an amen, Doug? Doug. Amen. Thank you. Anyways, thanks for asking, sister. How are you? And we have a guest in the studio today. But, girl, I'm going to ask you how you doing. Okay. So you just wanted to put my business out there like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, I am tardy for the party, everyone. Mm -hmm. They've been waiting on me. Mm -hmm. So let me own my stuff. Um, and I don't even have to say why. It, it was important stuff. Mm-hmm. It always me... is. 99 times. Okay. 99 times. Girl. Okay. All right. But go ahead. Tell okay. me about okay. how okay. you're really okay. doing. All right. I... Girl, I'm good. Okay. I am so good. Okay. Right. And and I think back on when you asked me this question months ago. Mm-hmm. And you said, how you doing? And I'm like, mm. Yeah. You know, We've I'm weary. I'm this. I'm mm-hmm. that. Girl, I'm good. Good. I'm so looking forward to the future. My birthday's coming up. I'm about to go to Africa, to South Africa and Ghana. And so, you know, stuff is good. Everything is wonderful. But today... Today, girl, what? Today, I'm so joyful because I get to talk about what's happening at work. And, um, you know, my work is my vocation. And I have one of uh, my colleagues... Girl, why do you say your work is your vocation? It's the same smell, ain't it? What do you mean? Work and vocation, ain't that the same thing? Not for everybody. Oh. Tell me more. Vocation means that it's a passion. You you have figured out your purpose in life, and mm-hmm. you, you, are, you are literally working in what you were born to do. Oh, for everybody real? Everybody can't say that. Girl, I should have graduated high school. I didn't know that. Girl, shut <laughs> up. No, seriously, go ahead. You clowning I because the, you are in your vocation. I, I you know, am. you're doing when the you work that you like love. That, I'm am. doing the work that I love. And it means that, you know, sometimes it's sacrifices. I mean, it's definitely like I'm going to say I'm not there for the pay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. We, it, yeah. You have to be there for the reasons that are important to your heart and your desire. So mm-hmm. um, I'm happy to 
be in the midst of a project at work that is so impactful, mm-hmm. and I get to um, bring others along. So Dr. Amy Young is here from PLU. She's the chair of the communications department there. Yay. And um, yeah, we're in good trouble together. Hey, Amy. Welcome, hey. Dr. Amy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really mm-hmm. delighted to be here. So what are we going to be talking about, girl? girl? We talk about the People's Gathering. That's the mm. um, conference to teach people how to talk about race. And we've been doing it for a minute at PLU now. And um, is taking tracks in. I mean, we have folks that have been to every single one. It's like a badge of honor, you know, when the conference convenes and then it's like, who are returners? How many of you have been here yes. the whole time? They're like, me! Oh my God, I've been to every single one! Are they collecting t-shirts? Because huh? that would be cool. Are yeah. they collecting the t-shirts? Collecting the t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, I finally got to attend a portion of it uh, this spring. And I was, of course, I've been hearing about it and, and all of that behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I've always had to work and whatever, whatever. But I was able to attend a portion of it this spring. And it was so good. There was like the after conference the thing after conference that went on forever yes. where people stayed they didn't voluntarily. Leave. <laughs> they did not. They didn't want to leave. They literally did not want to leave. And to be witness to that, I mean, it's one thing for you to be telling me about it and describing it to me year after year after mm-hmm. year. It was a whole nother thing to be witness to it and participate in it. And that was amazing. So it's it's happening again. It's happening again. It's on November 10th. Uh, and it's from 8.30 to 3.30. And our topic is, are you ready? Dun, dun, dun. Because, girl, we going scared, all the way in. You ready? No, you can't go anywhere else that you haven't been, but tell me. I'm ready. It's truth-telling about critical race theory. Oh. Uh, boom. Shaka Are you laka. serious? Do you really want to do that? And I said truth-telling with the, you know. L-L-I-N with the apostrophe mm-hmm. behind it. Not, not telling. It. Not oh, telling, not but telling. Not the telling. Okay, because you can't see this, but I'm offering jazz hands. Oh, yes. there it goes. <laughs> so when we say truth telling, then Dr. Young is uh, her scholarship is around rhetoric. Okay, mm. and so when you talk about rhetoric and breaking that down, it's like, what are they really saying? So she's going to be our keynote speaker in terms of deconstructing the conservative narrative on their rhetoric, their conservative rhetoric. Mm on critical race theory. Did I get Ooh. that right, Amy? Yeah. Pretty much? Yeah. All Girl. right. So You so, so brave. Yeah, she brave. For real? Well, I have tenure, and I'm fully promoted, so okay. that's... Okay, <laughs> so, so they can't, can't hurt you like that. Okay, okay. Uh, I it's was hard. Gonna say. It's really hard to get rid of me, so I I joked with... with uh, Melanie, about, you know, when the backlash comes, I'm just, I hope PLU is ready. I'm ready. It's fine. Yeah. So what makes you ready, girl? How do you get to be ready for that? Mm. Uh, I've spent the last several years reading about and reading other people's books on conservative rhetoric. And I blurbed a friend's book that came out a couple years ago. That's called Demagogue for President, and it traces uh, Trump's rise, basically, from 2015. She said his name. Yeah. Mm. Um, the former guy, TFG. That guy that used mm-hmm. to be president. Um, and, and I think 
I'm not sure that there's a way to be ready except just to say this is so it's so it's so deliberately misunderstood critical race theory is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just I'm a parent, you know, so I I watch these people. I watched an SNL where it was a joke, like school board meeting. And yeah, there were a whole yeah. bunch of mm -hmm. people who showed up to yell about masks and vaccines. And then some woman showed up to yell about critical race theory. And her mm -hmm. first comment was, what is it? What is it? <laughs> yes. I'm yelling about it, but I'm what is it? But what the hell is Can it? Can someone tell it? me what it is? And then I'm going to yell about it. Mm -hmm, <laughs> basically mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so I'm just ready to end the foolishness in whatever my corner of the world is. And that's, okay. And so it is necessary when we think about the design of the people's gathering I'm just going to say this out loud because I get to design the people's gathering. Yeah, you do. You know, curriculum, that's what I do. And a white woman talking about critical race theory, mm -hmm. that's necessary. You understand? You know, I do. So you're, and, and let's talk about that because yeah. it is in, an intentional design. Because 60% of the people that show up to the people's gathering are white people. Mm -hmm. So that is our audience. And so, and and whoever's listening on the channel 253, that is our audience. So when you look at just communication research and mm -hmm. what's necessary when, when like people say the like things, mm -hmm. being a white woman speaking on critical race theory, I think it's necessary right now. So what say you about that? I mean, I think... I think you're right. Um, I know you're right, in fact. Um, and I guess I would I would just say the other issue is that um, it it also takes there's a couple things I would say. One, I think that the identification piece where people see someone that looks like them mm -hmm. talking about this thing in a way that maybe they haven't heard about it makes mm -hmm. them think maybe about what how this affects them or how this impacts them or what what part of their life this kind of occupies and i also think that it functions to lift the burden mm -hmm. from people of color mm -hmm. <laughs> to have to consistently train white people on mm -hmm. what race is and what racism is and what the history of systemic racism is and how it f structures our life now, mm -hmm. that is not the job <laughs> of people of color to train white people to deal with our feelings. Oh, girl, can you say that? <clears throat> I say sorry, you better when I, preach. When I say girl, can that you, is a term of endearment. Oh, I understand. Yes, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, I was just getting yes, ready to say that. Say, oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. All right. Can you say that? Just say it again. It is, not, it is not the job of people of color to train white people mm. to deal with our feelings. Mm-hmm. My day Louise. just got a little better. Did it get good? I wish I had a mimosa uh, for right now. a couple of reasons. Girl, I almost I brought a bottle tea. of wine to this <laughs> meeting, but I no, wish I we didn't. could toast on that right there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. And let me say this, Dr. Amy. Why that was so profound to me in 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 my heart? It really did just make my day. Seriously, I was a little grumpy yeah, earlier. 
All right. That's why and she started frankly, off like that, as coming a, at me as a woman. Okay, but I handled it <laughs> anyway. A, a woman in per Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sort of. Mm-hmm. As a woman of color, I'm tired. Yeah, you should be tired. We're weary. I am we, not surprised. We are weary. Yeah. And to have that acknowledged mm-hmm. when you don't have to do that. Mm-mm. You can go on about your merry day mm-hmm. just like millions of white people do. Sure. All the they time. They skip and they call Cassidy. So <laughs> the fact that you said that and you mean it because I'm looking in your eyes. Yes. I'm looking in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and they are so pretty, girl. Oh, and your brows are beautiful. on point. Yes, she is. I know. But just the fact that you said that, thank you. Because that is, that needs to be said out loud. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. You're so, welcome, and it's true. So Yeah, so talk to us about, like, what needs to be understood about this critical race theory. What What is your argument when you deconstruct the narrative? So I'm working on a second book project, and the book project is basically on conservative rhetoric broadly. And I'm trying to look at the sort of stylistic ways that conservative rhetoric persuades people. Mm. And one of the ways that it does, and one of the things that's most common in and across all kinds of conservative media and politics and whatever is a claim of victimhood. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so my argument is not that there are not conservative people who are victims. There are. Uh, but this kind of claim to victimhood is imagined, right? It's an we manufacture outrage. So that then we can say we are victims of the outrage we have manufactured. manufactured. Oh, my goodness. And what happens with something like critical race theory is it is such a vague term. Frankly, it means a real thing to theorist Kimberly Crenshaw when she coined it in legal theory 20 years ago. It means a real thing. When people just talk about it, though, Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the discourse, capital T, capital D, it doesn't really mean anything because people don't know what critical means. They don't know what theory means. Theory is just like a thing I came up with while I was drinking mojitos or whatever, and that's not actually what it is, right? So one of the things that I think is important to do is actually tell people what critical race theory is, right? And I I don't even think we need to assuage people's fears that it's being taught in the kindergarten classroom. It's not, right? But I think people have this sense that It's everything to do with race and racism. And my sense is, well, if you're afraid of people learning about this, like, what is the fear? What is the fear? What is the fear fear of the truth? What is the fear of history? Yes. What is the fear of the truth? What was that? What's that movie? Um, A Few Good Men? Mm -hmm. You can't uh, handle handle the truth. truth. Is that what we're, is that the, is that the bottom line? 
Yes. I, I think it is. And it makes me wonder what these people would say if you met, you know, a whole bunch of German people who said, OK, we're no longer teaching about Nazism and the Holocaust in Germany. Wouldn't they say, well, you, your kids need to know the <laughs> truth? Really right. know. Why you want your kids to be so dumb? You know, I mean, that's the, the, <laughs> the question. Why are you trying to stay dumb? But here, the Washington uh, Policy Center, mm-hmm. this is what's happening here in Washington state. They put out a Know Your Rights um, bulletin, and this is how they define critical race theory. This is what they say that it is. Mm -hmm. Critical race theory teaches people that their individuality is not based on their intrinsic worth as human persons, but as members of a group based on their perceived Outward appearance. Critical (laughs) race theory says that if people are identified as white, Jewish, or Asian, they are oppressors. Girl, they don't trust the Asian people. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, let me finish this last part. If they are perceived as black, Hispanic, or part of another group, they are oppressed. Now, this is what the Washington Policy Center has put out, but... In this bulletin, you know, when you cite academic stuff, mm-hmm. you put a reference. There's no reference. There's no not. reference here. So how do you get to define? I mean, you just put this out and you get to say what it is, but you don't have any reference to the definition. No, it just sounds scary because the word critical sounds scary. Yeah. And... What the word critical means in any kind of academic sense is just that we're talking about relationships of power. That's all critical means. Audrey is bursting. Girl, what? What, girl, what? I think I heard you. They drug the Asian people in. They drug the Asian people in. As oppressors. Oh, my God. They did. Okay. While we're, as we're going through the AAPI. Well, uh, and Jews. It's important that Jews Jews are also oppressors. They don't don't drug. Critical race theory says that if people are identified as white, Jewish, or Asian, they are oppressors. Jewish and Asian. But there's no source of reference to say where that came from. Whoever wrote this just made that up. Well, and words matter. They just made it up. Okay, and then people go forward. Of course. I mean, when you say rhetoric, right, you say you've got to have, it's tethered to the truth, and it it has to have some form of evidence. It does. Otherwise, you are just making claims, right? A claim becomes an argument when you have evidence. And when we talk about rhetoric, the other thing that happens is people will— People assume that what I mean by that is manipulation, and that is not what I mean, but or something empty, right? And rhetoric as a field is attached to truth. It's attached to truth claims. You don't just get to be out there talking out your rear end um, like this think tank. Washington Policy Center. Washington this is what Policy I'm Center. So, and it's called a policy note. Know your rights. A guide to critical race theory anti-discrimination law, and civil rights protections for everyone. That is the headline. I think Jews and Asian people would be Mm. 
surprised they to find out the Jewish people and the Asian people <laughs> that they are part of the oppressors, oppressors. as oppressors. oppressors. Who said they okay, were? so this, who said that? Who so that, this, thought of that? That so that you just, just throw read. some anti-Semitism in while you're <laughs> while well. you're doing. Might as just well. throw it all in that, the box and get everybody in. excited about it. Come that, on, people, where's your source? Come on, there is no source. There is there's no source but some words and someone who had the motive, means, and opportunity to put that out. It has as much, that that you just read has Mm -hmm. as much merit as me going home as soon as we leave, get on my laptop, okay? (laughs) That is my means. My motive will be to show the stupidity, uh, stupidity of this all, and my opportunity will be to show that chickens have been oppressed by turkeys all our <laughs> lives. Are we going to ban Thanksgiving? You know that my, because my the older kid is afraid oppressors. of turkeys and they're convinced that everyone's afraid of turkeys and they just don't want to admit it. Understandably so. Okay. Oh my God, Louise. How stupid is that? Did you just go there? Chicken, okay. But I'm trying to tell you, this but it's Washington, stupid, isn't it? This Washington Policy Center policy note is serious business because they are backed by like the biggest. They have a lot of money. They got a lot of money, and they got a lot of people with you know these uh, very prestigious backgrounds that belong here. So they put their name on it, and this is what they're putting out. But as you, I mean, literally. I I have nothing against who they are, but as I just scroll down as a scholar, I'm just asking, where is the source of this? Mm -hmm. You you are making this claim. Mm -hmm. Without evidence. And where is your evidence that this is what this is? You You are saying in your document that critical race theory teaches. I mean, they're telling people what it does. Well, they're acting like critical race theory is a fact. Which we we are still saying it. What is it? What is it? What in? And so when it, I hear that, Doctor Amy, mm-hmm. just as a regular person in the world, just minding my own business, and I'm watching the news, reading the paper, mm-hmm. reading the magazine, uh, listening to a podcast, and mm-hmm. I hear critical race theory. What is the universal definition, if any? What is that? What does it mean? What does it mean? Okay, so can we answer that when we come back from break? Absolutely. Okay, that sounds like a good point for us to go there. What is critical race theory? We'll get to that when we come back. Stay tuned. Hello, this is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, Citizen Tacoma, and a proud Alaska Airlines frequent flyer. Everything in our day-to-day life seems to involve more hassle these days. So it feels good that Alaska Airlines is making something easier. Alaska has made air travel virtually touch-free. Here's the rundown. When you check your bags at the airport, you won't have to touch the kiosk to print your bag tags. They'll print when you scan your boarding passes, or you can even print them from home. When you board your flight, they can scan your boarding pass from as much as six feet away. Now, the lawyers want me to say that this might not work if the lighting in the terminal is low or if the print quality of your boarding pass isn't great. But still, kudos to Alaska for trying to keep physical distancing at every point of the trip. And don't forget, you can pre-order your meal from your phone or from your computer. You can even put your card on file in case you decide mid-flight to splurge on a local wine or beer. Get your drink without pulling out your card. Now, that's the perfect blend of convenience, safety, and temptation. 
Those are the thoughtful details that make me choose Alaska Airlines every time I fly domestically. When you're ready to travel, rest easy, because Alaska's got this. Skip the travel sites and visit alaskaair.com to book your next flight. Thank you, Alaska Airlines, for making travel smoother, and thank you for your support of Channel 253. Welcome back, listeners. Before we left uh, for break, and thank you for coming back, we were discussing critical race theory, and we have an actual scholar here with us. Thank you, Dr. Amy, for being here. And we before the break, we heard some, some really ridiculously printed material from a so-called Think no tank. source. Yeah. Think tank. <laughs> we said it together. Think tank. Think tank. The Washington tank. Policy yeah. Center. Very well respected, wealthy people in the Washington State community that have big influence. And I'm still confused. So I asked Dr. Amy if she, because I trust her, I see her, I look, I'm looking in her eyes. <laughs> she real people. She got credentials. We know this. So what is critical race theory? I, I don't get it. So I think that there's a couple of answers to that question. There's the answer of what is the original theorization, and then there's the answer of how do people talk about what that means. So originally, uh, people know uh, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw most most often from her theorization of intersectionality. So that's the idea, right, that we all have markers of our identities that are in whatever way privileged or not, um, and that those things are overlapping. So every person, right, is raced and classed and gendered and sexed and all of those things, right? We all have different kinds of identity markers and they lay over one another. And so if you say, I am, um, and Crenshaw's notion here is that um, she was looking at black women defendants in the legal system in the United States when she theorized intersectionality. And she was trying to say that people are doubly um, dinged, right? They are doubly marginalized, first by their gender and then second by their race. And that it was not really possible to say that, and this is, of course, true of the feminist movement in the United States, which has been largely centered on white women's experiences, right, that um, there are different experiences. It doesn't matter that we're all women sitting here. We all identify as women. We've had different experiences based on our racial experience, our class experience, our socioeconomic experience, our geographic experience, all of those kinds of things, right? And they all those things sit across each other. Okay, so in her understanding of critical race theory, um, it, this is a similar sort of idea, that it's an idea that the structure of power is fundamentally raced and racist, mm. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That this country was founded, and I need not explain that to the hosts of this podcast, but that the this country was founded on structures of power that privileged white people uh -huh. over everyone 
else, mm-hmm. most specifically black and African American people and at that point, Native American people, mm-hmm. right? And since everybody else, including Asians and mm-hmm. Jews, who mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. are part of the oppressor yes. group, oh Lord, now, Jesus. okay. But let me let me just <laughs> let me intersect, mm-hmm. listeners that follow us on a regular basis. What Dr. Amy Young is expressing also aligns with our discussion around socialization, mm-hmm. right? And remember, we talked about the um, ideas of how you're born into these social structures, and then at some point you you choose to exit into liberation where you're in rejection of this and you're living a path that is intentional that is rejecting what has been put before us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just, I mean, go ahead and continue. I just wanted to make that connection because uh, folks are with us all the time well, and— what, what, Louise? Just from what you just said, mm-hmm. that description, that succinct description right there, then what is the problem? Because that's yes. just the truth. It's just the truth. So the thing about, as you mentioned earlier, words matter. Yes. It turns out words have meaning. And one of the things that if you are an academic like Dr. Crenshaw is and you come up with something that's called critical race theory, all of those words have meanings and those meanings are situated in scholarship in 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 this theorization, right? But those meanings are not necessarily the ones that people use. Mm. So when we say critical in, you know, like in public spaces, that doesn't have the same meaning as what critical means in scholarship. So in scholarship what we mean is we are asking questions about relationships of power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then when we say theory, People get all <laughs> weird about what theory is, and and they don't understand what the word theory means, which is, in academic circles, a way to explain and predict. So gravity is a theory. It explains why we are stuck to the ground. And as I jokingly said when Miss Melanie and I did an interview this past week, it also explains why I cannot achieve the vertical leap that Michael Jordan can. Um, because I am a 46-year-old white lady and gravity is working against me in ways it doesn't seem to be working against Mr. Jordan. So, but gravity is a theory. So it's an explanation. And what the idea is that barring some better explanation, Mm -hmm. it will also predict that we will continue to be stuck to the ground because that's how this works, right? So... This is an, an an explanation by a theorist <laughs> who's a legal scholar who says, right, our legal system is built on these structures of power that privilege race. 
And so critical race theory is supposed to be a conversation. And it was. It was only taught for years and years and years in law school. In law school, So when, Now they're trying to say kindergarten. Right. So people are like, <laughs> how is my five-year-old to understand critical race theory? And I'm thinking, your five-year-old is, is clearly going to do better theory? than you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, is your five-year-old getting a JD? And if not, they're you, probably not encountering yeah, critical not, race theory. But you want your five-year-old's teacher to understand what that means, you know, and you what the what those what what is the overall understanding of that? And so, if anything is five-year-old appropriate, yes, you know, in their journey to understanding then that teacher has the wherewithal to keep your child enlightened. Right. Why are people so scared of keeping their kids dumb? Well, okay, that's take, all I'm saying. It's like you, they, they want to act like did nothing happen in history, and then you're going to put your kids out in the world, and they're going to be like, what? Except one day a year when we talk about Martin Luther when King, but only Martin until King. 1964, and then we don't talk about anything, anything that happened. Anything else. Well, I, I mean, it's like, oh, my goodness. Louise, what say you? Well, it, it's just so predictable. And when I say yes. predictable, <laughs> anything that has the R word in it, mm-hmm. yes. you take out the critical and you take out the theory. If you just left the race, it's a problem. Right. Yes. And it is. So that that's the that's the core of it. And we could skip around all day long and debate some new terms and whatever. The core of the behavior of the United States of America is such that anything that has to do with race is going to be dramatic. Yes. Anything. Yes. Any and it be be it based on factual study and evidence, be it based on what you literally see in front of your eyes with, you know, People getting killed, be it with numerical data analysis that shows us we all know what's going on. We do. We know what's going on. So this is just another this is just another opportunity for that faction of America, which there will always be them. There will always be. Always. There will always always be that faction of America that wants to latch on to something that has to do with moving us forward Mm -hmm. courageously together Mm -hmm. to make race not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So the sooner we, my whole thing is, it'll be something next year. Yeah, well, it's It'll always be, something new. That's it's always going to be something. That's why I think this idea about victimhood is really important. And it's why it's really explanatory of a lot of these issues, because victimhood creates an us versus them. Yes. Opportunity. Right. And if it gives you a scapegoat for whatever are your problems and you've decided right now anyway, it's critical race theory. Well, of course it's not. Yeah, that's the I mean, person. You, you have no idea. You're not. <laughs> these people don't have any idea what critical race theory is. And it, it, it it's not even clear to me. Um, 
you know, again, so it's just a, it's a manufactured outrage, and that is part of the. I love don't you yeah. love that yeah, manufactured like that. outrage? That's, that's, I love that. It's, manufactured a, well, it's part of our media environment because anger, and we just saw this in the Facebook whistleblower testimony in front of yes, Congress. I saw that when she was explaining how getting people angry. <laughs> generates Revenue. engagement yeah. and engagement is the way that Facebook um, gets more money from ads and all of yeah. this kind of stuff. And so they will say and no one who studies democratic practice uses engagement as a bar for the health of your democracy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Facebook does. And and they know that manufacturing outrage and creating these anger sources of anger for people means they will click on things sure and sure. they'll get my and, and, you know and I what? like it I like that it's an MO well listen right? manufactured outrage I, yeah, MO. MO well listen it's MO it is I was saying this to somebody the other day and you know what I'm not mad at Facebook I ain't mad I at ain't either, mad no, at no. Facebook I ain't mad at any you know how people be uh all the drama with Amazon, you know, a while ago. Don't be I mad at Amazon. Mad at nobody because don't mm-hmm. nobody make me click on nothing that I don't choose to click on. Exactly. Nobody gets to engage me in any thought or practice in which I don't choose to. And I know America, hunty, look, hunty, y'all the one, what? y'all the one doing this. Somebody can manufacture my turkey and chicken. Mm-hmm. Outrage, mm-hmm. and unless I choose to buy into it, even yeah. as a manufacturer, I'm actually kind of thinking about that. Right, but girl. We all, we are all, we all need to defend the chickens. We have our own minds. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but we defend all, the at chickens. the end of the day, we yes. all have our own minds. Yes, we and do. And nobody can lead us into anything. You know that saying: you can lead a horse into water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, that's the absolute truth, and we're the ones drinking it. And that's right. And we need to look at ourselves and figure out why. So let me say this about um, the People's Gathering is coming up. It's November 10th. I'm going to drink that water. Yeah, drink that water, please. Uh, Anyone listening, come join us in this conversation. It's a unique conversation because you you when you register for the conference, you register based on the box that you check on the census form. Think about that now. The, the government people tell us, oh, no, we don't want to talk about race. We don't want to talk about race. But every 10 years, they, they got them what, cis, what race are you? workers going to come track you down and knock, beat your door mm-hmm. down. Girl, to threatening make you, too. Threatening you pretty much. Is yeah, like, I mean, it does feel kind of aggressive. It feels aggressive. It does. They're going I to be super aggressive mm-hmm. to make sure that you fill out that census form and that census form makes you check a race box. It does. It forces you into the race conversation. So just like George Floyd's uh, attorney said, believe your eyes. Girl, listen. What, girl? I just had a thought. Think. You said check the race box, and then I'm looking at the cloth, and it's checkered. I'm going to create, the next time the census comes up, I'm going to create another box. What? It's going to be called checkered. Checkered. The checkered box. Well, that's a multiracial box already. No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't want to use their words. I'm going to use mine. Use, I'm a, oh, checkered. I'm going to put a little square and check it and put checkered. 
Now you go figure that out and come okay, to my girl, door and see I, what happens. I cannot. I really, really cannot. <laughs> and when cannot. you get home from work, they're there. They've just been right? camped out outside your house. Listen, or... <laughs> I can't be supportive of that, mainly because when people digress and I check know, other boxes, then those funding the resources and... go but they somewhere got us else. Trap like that. They got we us trapped like that. No, like we don't that. need to be. If we let's start a checkered movement. Okay, well, I, we can Is talk about show? how to get involved in the 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 nine years in between the census. Okay. Okay, because that's how we got to do. But at this point, just be aware. This race conversation is forced on us. And so if we're going to be in it, let's be in it consciously. So I'm inviting everyone to the People's Gathering on November 10th. And the good news is it's not just me talking. No, it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's mainly you. It's all of us. <laughs> it's mainly you, though. But the whole afternoon is dialogues. But the afternoon is dialogue. You're right about just that. We're going to do in yeah. our race conversations. But she ain't getting away from oh, it. But she's going to fight. She's you, just going to show up for us. Get the I'll be in there. Going. I just want to make sure that people know it's not seven hours of me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, nobody. No, we got a whole agenda. <laughs> Just type it in Google. The People's Gathering 2021 Fall Convening. Okay, we appreciate you listening. And sister, I love you. Love you too, Amy. Thank you thank for you, being Dr. with us. Thank you, Dr. Amy. Oh, I'm so delighted. This has been yes. so fun. This is good. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time, you all. Race is race matters, and we got to keep talking about it while we're comfortable. Doing it so that we can heal ourselves. Yep, and words matter too. Yep, drop, drop the, the mic. mic. Boom. Boom. Thank you for listening to What Say You. If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma. This is Channel 253.